0: What is Mantraspective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is MantraSpective. MantraSpective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. My next guests are partly responsible for who I am becoming today. A few years ago, I walked into a shop called Mantra. It was filled with beautiful crystals and stones, books, incense, candles, and so much more. From them, I learned how to meditate. It's where I discovered restorative yoga, which changed my life. It's where I made some incredible friends, and it's where I studied and got certified as a Reiki practitioner. More than all of those amazing things, it's where I made lifelong friends who, without even knowing it we're changing lives by deciding to take a risk and open a place where people could go to better their mind, body, and spirit. The owners are a husband and wife team who are mom and dad to two boys. They are entrepreneurs who have not stopped growing and evolving their businesses and are truly living life on their terms. I'm so happy to have them both joining me today to talk about their journey and what it takes to stay positive in unpredictable times. Justin and Jenny Calligan, welcome to Montrospective. Hi,
1: thanks for having us.
0: Was that a good enough intro for you? Okay.
2: <laughs> so, yeah.
0: <laughs> we probably
2: stop there. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we over. don't need to ruin what you just said.
0: <laughs> no, but we've known each other now for a couple of years. Yes. And exactly as I said in the intro, we met by me coming into the shop one day. And I've told you guys for the last two years that's my happy place. I used to think Target was my happy place. (laughs) Not anymore. I've encouraged you guys, just put some chairs right there in the shop and let us come in and hang out because there's such a good, positive vibe all the time. So you guys have more than succeeded in, I think, what your intentions were. But we'll get into all that um, about how you created it and why. But I want to talk first about each of you individually and a little bit just about what kind of kids you were growing up. And what your aspirations were then, if any of this was even in your mind as a child, or if this is something that developed later on in life?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> it was not in my mind. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was uh, early on. I was in a really small town and got to run around and you know play in the mud and stuff like that. Um, and uh, had a pretty normal upbringing, I think, for for Missouri. You know, church every few days and, you know, (laughs) really uh, being pushed in in that direction. And then for me personally, in my uh, mid-20s, I kind of just had this awakening where I I recognized that uh, the the path that I was on wasn't going to be the best path for me uh, or my family. Uh, I mean, my parents, I'm an only child. So when I say my family before my wife and, and my, our beautiful kids, that was my family. But anyway, yeah. So, you know, it wasn't until my mid twenties that I even had any awareness that there were other things out there.
2: Yeah. How about (laughs) you, Jenny? (laughs) Uh, Definitely not on my radar that this would happen for us. Um, I had a great childhood, um, little sheltered. Uh, my parents are a little, little protective, but we are all insanely close. I have a, a younger sister that's still, uh, I'm from Iowa originally, and she still lives in Iowa. Yeah, I just, I mean, I was a shy kid. Um, I really haven't changed that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, shy, not super outgoing, but I, you know, I get along with a lot of people and I think um, I didn't go to church. Um, we weren't my mom uh, had a religious background and had kind of um kind of stepped away from it and when I was younger, and so um and I'll be honest, I think as a young kid, even I don't know what age, but i was would have probably called myself an atheist, you know i didn't I didn't really believe in anything for for a long time. my My intellectual brain was always trying to figure out how that possibly could be real and all that. And it wasn't until my early twenties, um, my grandpa passed away that I had an experience that I could not explain away. And it was, it was life changing, but I was, mm, I was 19 years old, I guess. And so I didn't want to (laughs) change who I was. And so I just kind of put it on the back burner for about 10 years, um, until, um, probably right as I turned 30, I, things started changing in my brain and I couldn't stop them, uh, stop that. And so I just kind of launched down a a spiritual path at that point. Uh, And then when my, our oldest son was born, so seven years ago, I, it went full blast. I couldn't, things were happening and I just couldn't turn it off.
0: So you both were coming to realizations about your own spiritual journey prior to meeting each other. So what was that like when you met each other? Was that something that drew <laughs> you to each other? Was that something that you even talked about in the very beginning?
1: We definitely did. Yes. We, we talked on our first date. We talked about everything that you're not supposed to talk about. Yes. Uh, I mean, we talked about politics, we talked about religion, we talked about kids, we talked about, you know, all the things that you're not supposed to talk about, on, you know, on the first date, but we were both like, we're old enough, we're mature enough to know who we are and, and what we want and what we don't want. <laughs> right. um, so. We had
2: both been married before, so we were not gonna hide anything coming into this, we were not gonna sugarcoat anything, like we were our real selves, you know, there's no games, nothing. And yeah. And we couldn't believe like how on the same page about so many things that we were and continue to find these yeah. things as we, you know, see, got it's closer. Been that
1: way for several years now. Yeah. Where, yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome um, to be able to, to have somebody that we can literally spend three hours to stay up till two or three in the morning, just talking about what happens next and what if this is what started it or, you know, all the different scenarios or the the theories and all that stuff and and have somebody that's right there with you, you know, the whole time, it's really cool actually.
2: I'll never forget very early on, uh, I was reading a book about something, I don't even remember what it was. And I was like, this stuff is really out there, like, but it was really resonating with me. And we we were going somewhere and I said, I want to talk to you about this, but you're going to think I'm like so weird, like so out there. And I tell him the whole thing. He's like, yeah, that's actually kind of what I've always thought or (laughs) what. And I was like,
0: (laughs) well, it's nice to have that validation from somebody else too. Like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one thinking this way. And it's even better that somebody you love and care about.
2: (laughs) Right. Exactly.
0: Yes. So was it during these late night conversations you guys would have, you know, obviously you've been married for some time before you developed the idea for mantra and everything is that kind of where it got conceptualized from or who had the idea first or was it mutual
2: i feel like it was mutual yeah i I was i was going down a path um so i'm a registered nurse and i love my company but i just it just wasn't really resonating as much for me anymore and i had been drawn to reiki and you know they say once you go through a Reiki attunement like you can't stop the changes that start happening and I was really feeling pulled to do that and and so I was trying to figure out like you know where can I do this and and share this with other people and you know that I feel like that kind of kicked off a little bit the conversations and he had ideas you know of where I could do it and then well
1: in the beginning (laughs) initially when she first started doing Reiki too uh Reiki as well Um, I owned a hair salon with a spa and so she would go there and do Reiki when we were closed because we had a massage room and everything pretty much there that she needed. So we really just, yeah, kind of in some of those late night conversations, um, we're like, you know, what if we combine this because Reiki is a business is, is relatively new concept for this area, especially, um, but if we combine that with, you know, the, the other things that we have been drawn to in our journeys you know like the metaphysical um, world the metaphysical stores and stuff like that 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 really for where we're at in blue springs there's nothing you know 20 plus minutes around so we kind of just got tired of having to drive uh, you know 20 45 minutes to get you know round trip to get any of the stuff we wanted so so once we had once we we kind of knew that reiki was Um, the path that Jenny wanted to go down. And we knew that we were tired of driving 45 minutes for crystals and incense and stuff like that. Um, We really wanted to combine them, but we also wanted to uh, try to do what was going to be best from a business standpoint and, and add in something that was a little more mainstream or socially acceptable or however you want to, want to phrase it. Um, So we decided, you know, to include Reiki in there as well which married up really well with our um, history and my personal passion and belief in, in the power of meditation. Um, So bringing that, bringing all those four things together under one sort of umbrella um, really just, you know, it it definitely wasn't an overnight thing, but um, it, the idea spawned very quickly.
2: The meditation thing, like that's where we, that was another big thing that we wanted to bring because I mean, meditation changed my life. I mean, I'm anxiety ridden almost my whole life. I mean, with meditation that, I mean, it's a huge difference, a huge difference. Anyway. um, So, you know, we'd heard about like private meditation rooms, um, you know, the, uh, was it Lulaman or somebody that was doing them, uh, and on the East Coast and the West Coast? And we were like, "What if we did that too?" Because that's been such an important thing. Like, I would love to bring that to, you know, this area as well. So we definitely have had a heavy focus on meditation too because of that. So,
0: well, and that was a great introduction for me um, as somebody who was kind of at that point in my life where I was searching, wanting to learn, wanting to understand more. I had always been interested in meditation but had never really been trained or taught anything about it. So you guys were the first ones to introduce me to that. Um, Was meditation something, Jenny, you learned prior to meeting Justin? Or was that after you guys met and had all these deep, wonderful conversations?
2: It was actually prior for me. Um, I did uh, a meditation class. Um, The instructor was certified from the Chopra Center. uh, And it, it was amazing, but it didn't really stick. I didn't stick with it. Um, I loved it and I got a lot of knowledge from it Uh, and it was very in depth, but it just at the time didn't stick. I was um, just lots of stuff going on. And so um, it really wasn't until I had my son that I actually started a practice, a meditation practice, because I had so much anxiety after he was born, so much stress and worry that I was like, I'm losing my mind. I have to do something. And so I started an actual practice, you know, where I stuck with it. And then the, I, I couldn't, the changes that I was feeling were just, it was subtle. But it, it, over time, when I would look back, I would think, oh, my God, like, I haven't had this anxiety, you know, for so long, I didn't even notice it was gone. But um, so it, yeah, I, I learned it before, but I didn't really practice it regularly until after we had been together for a while.
0: Well, that's such an important point you make right now about how meditation changes you because it certainly did for me as well. I'm somebody who's very much anxiety ridden and everything as well with everything that we're going through right now in the world. um, Can you talk a bit about people that maybe are interested in meditation but have never tried it before and have no idea where to start? What tips or places or books would you tell them to read um, to kind of give them a good introduction to what meditation is all about?
2: So I'm going to ramble down for a while. Um, there's a couple different schools of thought, I think. Um, there are people who, you know, the way I was taught that it's this, you do 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes a night or 20 minutes, whatever, uh, and you sit a certain way and this is what you do. Um, and then there's the other school of thought, which I think I fall right in the middle of um, where... You know, meditation can be a, a walk outside or a hobby that you can, you know, stop think your, your thinking brain while you're doing that hobby. Um, so I think people put too much pressure on themselves to do meditation the right way. Um, because anything that you're doing that gives you that time to um, clear, clear your head, but also being mindful, meaning like, you know, I you're cooking and you're cutting the vegetables and I'm cutting the vegetables and you're not thinking about, you know, what the kids are doing or what's going on outside or whatever. You are focused on cutting the vegetables and boiling the water and doing all that. So even like something like that, you can make it a meditative process. Um, So I think that that's an important thing to remember that it doesn't have to be, so serious and so by the book. Now, once you start and you you start to pick up some benefits from it, then you'll realize how extremely beneficial a regular practice where you sit um, and, you know, practice focusing on your breath and things like that is and keeping that consistent and, you know, forming a habit of meditating and how important that is. So... I guess yeah, I fall in between the two the two schools of thought.
1: And I think if I could jump into, I yes. think part of part of our goal with with mantra as it pertains to meditation really was to to for one, take take all of the the mystery away, right? The and the, the preconceived notions and the uh, misperceptions, you know, all the so many people think that when you meditate you like she said, you have to sit this way, you have to do this. But the reality is, there are so many different styles of meditation. Um, you know, what, some people can only achieve that meditative, that deep centered state with in a, in a guided meditation. Versus me, I have to have complete silence to really be able to get deep into a meditation. Uh, others, you know, they have to. F- to follow like a mantra meditation. So there's so many different styles, but, but again, what we wanted to do is just expose the community to those different practices and those different, you know, meditation types to let people really make an informed decision on, is it for me or not? Because the reality is we all know that once you find that, that practice or that method that suits your mindset a little bit better than meditation is for you and meditation will benefit everyone if once you find the, the way that works best
2: for you and i think it's understanding that it's an evolving practice you know like i said if you start one way and you're like this is it this is for me and then uh, over time you might find that that kind of isn't working for you anymore. And so, you know, but you're so it, you're realizing the benefits from it and so you you continue to to explore the options of of how best works for you.
0: And do you both come from the school of thought that you should commit, you know, at least 10 to 20 minutes a day to meditating, just finding that time to sit
2: how do that? Forward? Yes. <laughs> do I do it every day? No. Um Usually with me, I go in waves, um, and I will have this regular practice, and I'll be doing really well. And then something will happen, and I'll fall off the wagon. Uh, and then after you know a few days, a week, whatever, I start to realize you know I'm like, why am I so anxious? Why can't I fall asleep? Why am I waking up in the middle of the night? And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so then I start the practice again, and and stick with it, and then you know. It, it fixes it.
0: <laughs> well, obviously you guys know I'm a huge believer in it now after learning from you guys, like for the last two years, it's become an integral part of my life. I, I don't feel right if I'm not meditating, if I'm not sitting in my quiet space and going inside myself. And it's amazing what will come to you, what your higher voice, your whatever you want to call it, will tell you if you right. can just sit in quiet and and let your mind let your mind go, let everything go. It's such a peaceful, amazing thing to learn and be a part of. So I definitely encourage everyone who's listening, if you've never meditated, please check it out Um, and and start practicing it. It it doesn't cost anything. It's free. (laughs) So um, (laughs) Justin, it seems like, and I may be wrong, but it seems like you've kind of been a lifelong entrepreneur. You've had several different types of businesses and everything. So when it came to mantra was it an easy yes like this is a, a slam dunk when and when we're going to do really well at it or was it something that it took you time to kind of process through before actually launching it
1: uh, it definitely wasn't a slam dunk you know it, it was um you know one of the things i told jenny from from pretty early on was that one of one of my biggest struggles was going to be to balance my spiritual mind with my business mind because the two conflict a lot, and so for me it, it, it was um, really just kind of more trusting the universe to 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 make it work, you know. Um, everything and it has, and it did, you know, from the very beginning. We from the, from the location to you know the the people that have worked with us to the instructors to the people that we've met through the process and and become friends with i mean it's just it's all been you know sort of laid out for us um and we just kind of had to decide that we were going to take that chance you know but you know having said that there was definitely you know going into it we we knew what we had to do to you know we're not looking to make a little money off of doing this, you know, it's, it's just as much about sort of the community service aspect of it as it is more so I think than the, than the business reality, unfortunately, for, for, for uh, most people who have a business mind, but um, you know, it's, it's once we decided to like actually live our truth and speak our truth to people that are outside of our little bubble, that's when it became a pretty obvious next step for us to open mantra you know when we when we realize even in our own community that we're not so weird because we meditate or because we carry a crystal or two in our pocket, or you know there was, we found that there were so many people in our in you know in close proximity to us geographically that felt the same way and had some similar thoughts and beliefs that we were like, okay, so this is the universe now showing us that it does have potential and that there are other people out there that would help kind of fulfill one of the one of the many goals that we have just being a place um where people can gather and and help share that love and positive mindset and and spread it back out into the community
2: and if we could just say a big thank you um and give gratitude to everybody that helped make mantra a possibility The most integral person being Justin's mom, Brenda, Um, without her wisdom and her help in so many areas, especially accounting, um, we wouldn't still be here. So she has just been such an important part of all this as well.
0: Well, with your bravery of speaking your truth, you normalize something that for people like me who were searching for that did kind of view it as a little out there you don't know what people are going to think of you when you start talking about those things and you know that crystals are powerful and they can do certain things and all of that certain people in your lives will look at you cross eyed like you know all right yeah. you you've <laughs> gone off the deep end you're a little nutty and so when you opened mantra it did it made it okay for so many people to kind of come out of the cave <laughs> you know kind of kind of be like okay that. This is okay, And right after you guys did it, you started seeing other places, other people kind of embracing it and and starting their own practices or their own stores and things like that. So in a way for our area, um, in a lot of ways, especially the area we're in, you guys were kind of trailblazers Hmm. in bringing this and making it normal for people like me to go, okay, I'm going to come in here and talk with like-minded people who want the same things and they love the positivity and they love the vibe. Um, So you more than succeeded when it came to that. And I'm glad you guys came to that agreement with yourselves and spoke your truth and did it. Cause it would have been very easy for Jen, for you to live your corporate life and, and keep doing your job you're doing. And for Justin, for you to keep doing hair and all the businesses you were doing and just keep that to yourself. And you didn't, you shared it with the world and it's made a huge difference. Now I want to know, cause you guys are a fantastic couple, but every couples go through their stuff. You guys live together, your parents, you run businesses together. How well do you work together as a team and what are the pros and cons of working together and being married?
2: I actually think we work together shockingly well. <laughs> That being said, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have some pretty uh, heavy conversations sometimes. We have, we have
1: competitive discussions.
2: <laughs> That's we a good way to put it. <laughs> we are very, very different people. We, we definitely feel the same way about the universe and all that. But uh, to our core, we are very different people. And so one of the things I think that helps is that we bring that balance to each other um you know he is very this way with some things and i'm very this way and we kind of have to force ourselves to meet in the middle not without some grand battles you know over (laughs) it but we definitely always and the one thing that we always do and i don't really feel like we fight about much in our day-to-day lives if we have an argument it's over the business always so but we have somehow you know made this where that's a separate thing, and we can pull it out and we can go about our business you know there's a how I met your mother where they pause the fight and then they act normal that's I mean we can totally do that and function and be good parents and and a good couple and then you know come back to it when we cooler heads have prevailed well I think I
1: think I think that we we also after this much time have a pretty good ability to recognize the other person's strengths and our own sort of insignificant or not insignificant weaknesses, um, to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to let her handle that because that's her, that's her thing. Um, you know, I mean, really scheduling and, and booking and getting new talent in new, new, um, service practitioners and all that stuff that's that's
2: and he's the business like you know I, people come in and they say oh, i'd love to sell my jewelry here and i'm like well you have to talk to my husband because if you brought your stuff to me i'd be like hey yeah i'll take it all and i would spend all of our money <laughs> and then i would turn around and give the stuff away for free like i don't have that you know it's hard and, and so he definitely brings such a, an amazing um Entrepreneur spirit to it all, and I think I bring the other.
1: Well, and and, you know, like I said earlier too, when we decided to do this, I said that it was going to be difficult for me to balance the work life or the business mind and the spiritual mind. And I think that's one of the great things, like she said earlier, we kind of balance each other out. I think that's one of the things that she really helps balance me out in that um, everything's not black and white, everything's not you know numbers on a P and L or you know, it may cost us $5 more, but it's going to buy us community outreach aspect of it, or, you know, all the different things that, that she kind of helps remind me of why we did this, what, you know, why we continue to do to do this, um, being, you know, again, for the sort of the betterment of the community. So.
0: It's amazing. I mean, I just, like I said, I adore you both anyway, together and separately. And just hearing that, just makes my heart happy because you wonder, I mean, you see a lot of couples that do choose to go into business together and that just causes world war three. And you know, it is difficult, but you know, hearing that you guys have that spir- spiritual connection from the get go and that respect for each other and the mutual respect and understanding that there are strengths and weaknesses with both of you. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> um, how do you guys handle criticism? Cause I'm sure you've gotten, a little bit,
2: I do not last couple of it. years, well, I know uh,
0: you don't, I know you don't, but you got to tell the audience listening why you don't and how you don't and how you're working that on is, that.
2: <laughs> that is my one of my biggest weaknesses. I am a people pleaser to my core, um and he has he is working tirelessly to help balance that in me and realize that I cannot please everyone um, so criticism in me you know inspires a panic attack and <laughs> um oh i I spiral for a good time but i'm noticing that um you know in the beginning that would have things like that send me down a a rabbit hole of whatever and now i i still have that initial like oh like oh i'm gonna throw up (laughs) um but now i can you know breathe through it and realize this is not the end of the world realize i cannot please everyone it's this is beyond my my, I had no idea that there would be so many differing opinions and especially right now in the climate that we're in. Oh, it's, it's very hard and it can be very frustrating, but I just have to find that balance. And, and for me, it's gratitude. It's, um, you know what that sucked. And then, but you know, I've got this amazing family at home. I have two beautiful boys and my husband and my parents and my sister, those are the people that, that matter to me. And, you know, I have to remember that that's, what's important. And, and in the grand scheme of things, this is just such a little blip on, on life uh, on the situation or whatever. So that's how I handle it. I, he is amazing. I don't know how he does it. (laughs)
0: Let's find out. Justin, how do you handle criticism?
1: I think it really depends on the situation. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I try, I've tried the older, the older I've gotten, I've tried to uh, really think about the things that and the ways that I react to everything. Running a salon for 10 years helped me with that. <clears throat> Excuse me, dealing with, you know, between dealing with um, staff who, you know, generally are going to be looking at every, muscle twitch in my face when, before, during, and after I respond to, you know what I mean? Um, To how 15 different ways one sentence that comes out of my mouth can be perceived. Um, So, you know, a lot of times people get sometimes get frustrated with me because I do take a little bit longer to respond to criticism or to, to several situations. (laughs) But uh, I try to really like take a step back and, and get in my right mind first and then, and then try to put myself in whatever that situation or that person that's criticizing and see, try to see through their eyes. Um, because, you know, if, if there's anything that the, the four agreements taught us is that nothing that anyone does or says is a result of me, right? It's a, it's a, a result of something that they're going through and everything that we see in our lives is projection and not something that's actually being projected onto us. It's a projection that we're projecting out onto somebody to project onto us. It's weird as that circular statement was. But, um, so to remember that and and always try to keep in mind that, um, you know, I cannot control anyone other than my, my own choices. That's it. That's, at the end of the day, I, that's the only thing I have control over. Uh, and I, I made a choice 20 years ago um, to put all of my effort into making choices for positive versus negative. And so far it's, it's worked out, you know, (laughs) and it wasn't an overnight transition. either. But
0: But everything you just said is so powerful. The only thing that I'm um, disappointed in myself is that you did it 20 years ago. I'm just (laughs) figuring it out now. And it's hard. It, it's a daily practice. It's hard not to react to those things and to keep in mind that, you know, this isn't necessarily a reflection on you or who you are and you have to be grounded in who you are and know that and feel confident in that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm 44 and I'm just figuring it out now. So well, kudos for you, you miss, know, don't
1: misunderstand me. I didn't get to this point 20 years ago. I started my journey. <laughs> 20 years ago, right. So uh, even just the ability to to step back and be like, "Hey, this isn't me," you know, this is not because of me. This is because of you. I mean, that's in the last five years, maybe have I <laughs> have I really been able to mindfully stay in that train of thought, you know? Um, but the reality is, it's a struggle. I mean, you know, 22 years ago, I got. I mean, I got my first. Some of my first tattoos. I have an angel here and a demon here because it's a reminder that every moment. Every moment is is an opportunity to make that choice of, of good and evil, positive or negative, or love or fear, or hate, you know, all these things. And everything that we do is an opportunity to make that choice. So I just decided that my choices, wanted I wanted my choices to take me down that more positive route. Do
0: you consciously tell yourself that in those moments like have you just tried to train your brain to win something negative or you're getting criticism or whatever is happening to you that you take that moment and repeat that to yourself in your head or has it become kind of like muscle memory and you just know now not to oh I,
1: I definitely have to remind myself for sure I don't think it. I don't think I take as much reminding now as I did five years ago um, but it's you know it's always a it's a practice, right? It's a, it's a attitude of gratitude is not come overnight. And it's not a, uh, these, these changes are not something that anyone can achieve like that. You know, that's why, you know,
2: Buddha, Buddhist
1: monks. (laughs) See, this is what happens.
0: Like you're connected or something. (laughs) But
1: you know, Buddhist monks practice their entire lives and still never achieve that enlightenment that that they're searching for that that's the goal so keeping that in mind you know I think would eliminate a lot of people's stress and frustration when it comes to getting that that um, enlightenment or that meditation or whatever and realizing that no one's perfect everyone started somewhere and at the end of the day the the Buddha himself or Jesus himself they all said that they're not perfect right? They all have flaws. We're all humans. We all have flaws. It's about what we're doing to be better than we were yesterday that matters.
2: I think that's why people, um, give up on meditation or things like that, because you, you achieve this, you find that happiness and, and you're like, ah, I fixed it. I'm good. And then something knocks you back out of, out of whack and you have to go through it all again. And you, and you're peeling, I like, you're coming back around to it and you're peeling those layers off deeper and deeper and working through that stuff that is so buried deep and you plateau again and life is good and then it happens again so you just have to stick with it because you'll find that those periods of time in between where it is everything's you know you're good like you're happy you're everything's going you know that time period seems to last longer, but it's really not. It's just that it's how you're responding to the things around you and, and you're recovering faster and you're, you know, so I think that that's a hard, it's hard to stick with it because you've, when you get knocked back down.
1: Um, well, and I think, I think in that time too, when you, when we, when we get knocked down, uh, it, for me personally, it, it, it's important for me to always remember that whatever it is that we're looking for, we're going to find it, right? So when we get knocked down, a lot of us, because we're, you know, trained from birth to always seek out the dangerous, the negative stuff, when we get knocked down, we're, we're, our default is to go back to that, and so we immediately start noticing the negative well, this always happens to me. And of course this is going to happen. And I'm probably going to be late then I'm probably going to get pulled over and I'm probably going to this. And well, you know, the law of attraction, you know, not that I'm hundred percent on board with the law of attraction, but, uh, so one of the things that I really subscribe to is that, you know, what you put out, you're going to get back. So if you're putting out that this negative thing's going to happen, this negative thing's going to happen on the, you know, stacking on top of each other, guess what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're, it's going to happen because whatever you're looking for, whatever energy you're putting out there is what you're going to get back.
0: I feel like so, I'm a prime example of that. So I, you know, I completely understand. And again, it only took, <laughs> you know, the last couple of years of me, um, you know, and I kind of do buy off on the law of attraction to some extent, you know, because I've tested the theory myself, you know, when I'm positive and I'm happy and I'm trying not to let those things get me down and, you know, good things happen. But when I dwell in the negative. And I think, well, this is going to happen. And then this is going to guess what it does. Right. So it is a matter of training your brain to react to those things differently when they start happening. And both of you have hit on something now that I think is key to all of this. And I know you'll both agree, but it is gratitude. It is being thankful for where you are every day, even if you're in the depths of hell at the moment. There's a reason for it. Cause like you said, you're going to find your way out of it. You're, you're, you're going to get there. So can you guys talk about what gratitude means to oh. you and why it's important for everybody to be <laughs> gratitude grateful?
2: Gratitude is as life-changing for me as meditation was. Um, and it kind of, we
1: come to
0: okay, I was
2: say, literally, <laughs> it came hand in hand for me because you can't start meditating and then continue to look around and get so upset about all the things in your life. Um, And I I mean, I go to that practice instantly when I'm spiraling because to the extent of I have a warm bed to lay in or I'm eating hot food. I mean, you doesn't have to be these grand things because I think that's what people, you know, want to be grateful for their, big things in life but you have to be so grateful for the small things and you have to be grateful for the people that you meet along the way you know the I always love Deepak talking about um you know the barista that makes your coffee you know even if you don't say thank you which you should but even if you don't say thank you in your mind you need to you know I'm so lucky that I came here and they made this wonderful coffee and I didn't have to mess with it and I didn't have to take the time to do it, I mean, just little things like that. People bringing you your food at, at a restaurant. I mean, down to the little things that are we just we just don't we ignore as we go through life.
1: Yeah, and I think I think um, when it comes to gratitude, there's a there's a, a, a again sort of a misconception that you have to show gratitude for a thing, right? Like, and because people are, especially in our society, people are so focused on the material, right? But the reality is, you know, f- for me, it starts with I'm I'm grateful that I got to open my eyes today. Even you know I'm as it, as silly as it sounds. Like if my back hurts, I'm grateful that I actually get to feel that. I get to I get to actually experience walking outside and feeling the wind blow through my beard <laughs> uh, but you know that that gratitude is not just about the things and and I think that's when people will you know really start making progress is when you you detach yourself from the things that you own because you know even you know we've all heard it but at the end of the day you are not even your body so being grateful for any of these physical things is it's all superficial and it's, it's, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to make any progress spiritually or even a lot of times physically, if you don't acknowledge that, that intangible, you know, uh, thing.
0: <laughs> no, but that's, that's actually a good point. Cause again, through learning meditation, learning Reiki, all of those things, I began to feel a need to purge everything in my life. I started looking around, going, What's all this physical crap that I have around me? I started feeling like I was drowning in it. So I've actually spent this quarantine time really downsizing, you know, and realizing that I don't need the things. I don't need the stuff. You know, I am grateful for the fact that I wake up every day, that I'm healthy, that my family's healthy, all of those things. So practicing that on a daily basis will put you. In a really great mindset and it also affects the people around you as well it's not even so much just about you it's about what you project on the others for exactly. sure yep what continues to inspire both of you
2: um i would say my children
0: <laughs> just like you took mine
2: <laughs> um just well, for one thing, I mean, they're constantly teaching us about ourselves in every second of every day. Um, so they are pushing us to be better people, to grow as, as humans. Um, and so that would be my, my main inspiration. I know someday they're going to grow up and leave me <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, and I won't have somebody to take care of all the time. Um, so I, you know, I put my focus on other areas in life and I and I really, you know, I find inspiration in meditation. And you know, you don't get some powerful message every time you meditate, but the more you do it, the the more those things come in. And so I'm inspired at how big things are once we leave this physical body. So it's you know, that's what I used to have this fear of of dying, and and I I really don't. I mean, I I obviously would hate to leave my husband and my children. That would be horrible. But that you know, th- this is not the end in my mind. So uh, I think things like that inspire me.
1: I think one of the things that inspires me is is when I when I'm especially when I'm in mantra and I see somebody come in who has been looking for something and they find it not you know not something specific but they've just been their soul has been searching their soul has been looking for something for whether it's you know uh, like an, a, an oasis that they can go to 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 be themselves for a half hour or whether it's a book on the shelves that allows them to to you know learn what they need to learn to to grow you know Um, or seeing, you know, somebody get a, a, a reading from an intuitive that, that they get a message that they really needed to hear, you know, and, and it helps them heal or grow that inspires me. It's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's inspiring and it's humbling at the same time because it's, um, at this point, you know, like we were saying earlier, we, we have this community now around mantra, um. And that, in and of itself, is incredibly inspiring to me. But it's really humbling to to step back from that and see how this idea that we started with almost three years ago has now become this thing that is so much bigger than us. Uh, it's it, it that, in and of itself, is is inspiring. It's exciting, and and it's extremely humbling to to see. Um, the community's embrace of our vision, you know?
0: And I'm working really hard trying not to get emotional right now. Like there are actual tears in my eyes because the entire time you're talking, you're describing me. That's exactly who I was walking in to your shop and you guys wrapped your arms around me and have made me better for the last two years of my life. You have made me a better person. I'm doing this podcast because of you guys. There's a reason it's called Montrospective. I didn't just, you know... (laughs) Pull that out of the air. I mean, it's it's an influence. It's it's the love you guys give. It's all of that that you exude.
2: But don't think that that you don't have an impact back on us right. and the, and the people that tell us this. I mean, I'll be honest. This is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. A lot more work than I ever yeah. imagined. And so, hearing feedback like that, oh, I just got these ones. That makes me want to keep moving forward and not just throw in the towel and be like, you know what? I tried. This is too hard on me too hard. (laughs) And so I I love to hear that, but it's, I mean, it's a two way street. It's you're giving back to us just as much. So.
0: Well, thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Switching gears a little bit. Um, We're in unpredictable times right now. I mean, we certainly haven't seen anything like this in our lifetime. How do you make sense of what's going on in the world right now from a spiritual standpoint? There's did I major, just did I a, just ask a heavy question?
1: <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to jump in. And yeah, maybe you well, No, we, we'll go ahead. No, we'll go ahead.
2: Um,
1: I think there's a major, major shift that we're it's not happening that we're in the middle of. Um, and I say that that we're in the middle of it because it's it's happening. We're not making it happen. It's happening. The universe, the world, the planet, the energy needs it to happen and is forcing it to happen. Um, so it is, it is very unpredictable. It's, it's, um, yeah, I guess unpredictable to me is the best word for it. I don't, I wouldn't say scary, but it's, it's definitely unpredictable. Um, and all we can do is, is just adapt, you know, as a, as a species, all we can do is adapt. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of energy being expended, um, just in the name of essentially comfort. Um, And I think that the reality is we're all going to have to redefine what comfort is at some point in our um, evolution. Um, And I think that, that at the end of the day, the change is happening, whether we like it or not. And people will, I think, come out the other side stronger and better for it.
2: So this actually, oh, I'm sorry, Jenny. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I feel pretty much the same way. I think it's, I think this is forcing a lot of people to, um, change the way they think and change the way they do things. And it's, it's very dividing right now, which is, it's, it's disheartening to see and hard to watch and read, um. But I mean this is being it's it's hap- it's happening, <laughs> mm-hmm. so there the, there's gonna have to be um you know a come together of people to to survive it and I mean it's tragic that that people have lost their lives over this, and it's hard to put your mind around it really is
0: well, you both mentioned adjusting and changing to this you know, circumstance that we're in. Mantra is very much an experience. It's an experience-based shop and opportunity and all of that. So what are you guys doing right now to bend and adjust to still give your patrons that same kind of experience without physically being able to be around each other?
2: Uh, Well, there's a lot of stress that we are trying to figure out, um, you know, the best way to do things. There's, due to the divided thinking you know we get a lot of pressure to continue on as we were before um from people and you know we got the other side that you know are staying home and not you know so we do offer the online shopping we worked really hard during the quarantine to get most of our stuff online so at least because in the you know we talk about material things and 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 in the end a lot of that stuff is material things but a lot of it is, you know, ritual for people to get to their meditation or to hold the crystal and, and calm themselves down and, you know, burn the incense because that smell brings them back to a peaceful place and, you know, essential oils, same thing. So, you know, we still need, I still want to offer, we still want to offer those things to, the, to people. And, and if that's all we can do right now, you know, while still trying to put a positive message out there, um, then that's what we're gonna do and just continue to brainstorm ways to bring things safely to everyone.
1: Yeah I think I think right now it's it, the experience aspect of of mantra is, is unfortunately you know limited to the store um, because of the restrictions that the county and the state have put on us. Um, just for to require six feet of separation that in and of itself makes it really difficult to do any events
0: um what advice would you give people right now that are struggling with the situations that we're in what um what things that they can start doing now to help better their situation
2: i say practicing gratitude Hands down. I mean, if you have a house to quarantine in, then you're infinitely have, you know, a, a head start. <laughs> um, so, you know, and running water, it, all those things that we completely take for granted during this time. I know it's hard. Um, and, you know, I'm totally introverted, so it hasn't been a huge um, difficulty for me to just stay home and, and, you know, be home. But, um, I think that just being grateful that you are healthy in that moment and that, you know, I think that's, that's the place to start. And and we have to, we have to find empathy. We have to, or we will not survive as a planet. You know, there has to be, it can't be sympathy. It can't be feeling sorry for somebody who got sick. It has to be Putting yourselves in their shoes and feeling what it might feel like for them. I I feel so passionate about empathy right now because it's obviously so lacking. Um, So I think that just those two things—you know—learning about empathy, learning how to feel it, and put yourself in other people's shoes and and understand what other people might be going through. um, That's outside of what you you know, you know, anything that's outside of what you've experienced before try to understand that. So um, I think that's the best thing from that standpoint. I
1: I think, you know, just like she said, you know, to me, um, no matter, no matter which of the many insane situations that we're experiencing right now, we're talking about, uh, I think stepping outside of yourself and trying to actually see the world through someone else's eyes, Will change everything because at the end of the day we all have stuff right we're all going through something we, I'm not unique because I have stress and, and struggles and you're not unique because of it but that actually should unite us and should bring us together because we all have struggles uh, but but I think our culture for so many years we've been programmed to to be desensitized from everything that has anything to do with anyone else. I mean, the, the, you know, the, whether it's snitches get stitches or, you know, you dirty rat or, you know, any number of things, mind your own business, whatever it has, it has detached us from our community, you know, the the larger community. And I think that that, that detachment is what's led to a lot of this, struggle that, that so many people are dealing with. You know, we, we've lost the ability to think, you know, it must really suck to, to be in that situation or you know, how can I help that person? You know, because that's the other piece that, that will come from, from empathy and from, from seeing things through other people's perspective is realizing how much you have to be grateful for and how many opportunities you have that other people don't that maybe you could help share some of those opportunities. You know, there's there's just so much good that can come from empathy and from from seeing the world through someone else's eyes that I think that that's got to be the first step.
2: I think asking yourself, you know, how can I serve? How can, because we we're so wrapped up in ourselves and our own lives and we have forgotten how to, you know, be there to help others and. And, no, you know, there's so many ways to do it. You know, there's so many ways to help others. So I, it's asking that question. And 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 ultimately putting your energy and focus onto that kind of helps your your anxiety or your depression, whatever it is, um, you know, you're not focusing on that right then because you're focusing on helping. You're fine. You have compassion and you're putting that into somebody else. Not that you don't have struggles, but... Um, In that moment, you're figuring out how to serve someone else for that, you know, that time.
0: Well, this is as good a time as any to segue into our little exercise for both of you called Find Your Montrospective. Um, I believe that we allow outside events to affect our mood whether it's getting stuck in traffic or spilling coffee on yourself or whatever, it takes one thing to change the mood for the entire day. And we have to stop allowing that from happening. So I'm going to give you a scenario and you guys are going to be tasked with coming up with two positives from it. I don't think this will be hard for you because I made it specifically for you (laughs) in real time. So this is, I think this is going to be so simple, but a good lesson for everybody else to hear your answers. So, The world is in the middle of a pandemic. You're quarantined at home while trying to run your businesses and homeschooling your two boys. Find your Montrospective.
2: Uh, That's for me. I'm home with my two boys. Um, I'm imparting knowledge on them that, you know, they might not get from school. Um, I'm getting to have time to read a book that I may maybe have wanted to read. this, I mean, yeah, this is exactly what I've been working through is, is that this time is given me the opportunity. We were going like nonstop, nonstop. And this has given us a pause. And, and so that's how I find, you know, that silver lining in it all. As somebody more extroverted,
0: this (laughs) is. It's good to see both sides. Exactly.
2: exactly.
1: Gosh, that one's really tough (laughs) for me. (laughs) Um,
0: That's interesting. No, I'm actually happy this happened because that's interesting. Because we've got one person (laughs) who's gone from immediately, yes, here's all the good things about it. And somebody else, again, who very business-minded, extroverted. You know, you've got the pressure of being the man of the house. and (laughs) making sure things are taken care of and all of, well, I mean, but it is. So it's it's interesting that there's that divide there.
1: I think that uh, for me personally, with, with all of this going on, um, I, I just have to trust, you know, and, and have faith that, that everything's going to work out. Um, Because the reality is, you know, using all the things that I've already said a hundred times in this conversation, you know, the things that we're looking for, we're going to find. And I've tried to do the work to keep the things that I'm looking for be positive. Um, And I think that um, things just tend to work out for everyone it may not be on our time frame. It may not be in the exact way that we want it to, but at the end of the day, um, we get what we need. You know, like the song says, you can't always get what you want, but if you try, sometimes you get what you need. Uh, and, and I think that, that that's an important distinction for a lot of people to make and to be able to like really right now, be able to determine what is it that you actually need? You know, cause we all want a new car. We all want, you know, the the newest phone or the biggest TV, but we don't need any of those things. And so to me, this is a great opportunity to step back and and reprioritize wants versus needs.
0: It's a great answer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to that over and over again and remind myself of it. Um, um, final question for each of you. What personal mantra do you say to yourself to keep yourself going?
1: Mm-hmm. She knows mine. <laughs> Today is a great new day filled with new opportunities for great things to happen.
2: Um, hmm.
0: <laughs> I don't know. He just dropped the mic on you a little bit. Jenny. I know. I don't know. I mean, I, I've been can saying I just that, say I, that. I'll just say
2: I do that too. <laughs> hey, see,
1: I've turned it into a brain after 10 years. Oh, he really, said that
2: is. all the, you know, I tend to get wrapped up in things and spiral, and he will. He'll say that. I don't. I can tell you. I probably hear that like once a week. So,
0: well, um, you did mouth it along with him. I did. So yeah. Take that as your personal mantra as well.
2: <laughs> um, I for me, it's just uh, I gotta go back to gratitude. You know, I I go back to you know that the situation. It's perspective. I have perspective. That would, I would say that's my. Mom. I find the perspective in the situation, and I realize, you know. This is not the world ending. This is not, you know, whatever. And and being in the moment, you know, just being present. And tomorrow's a new day, and I'm gonna. The next minute is a new minute, and I'm gonna start that new minute. (laughs) I'm gonna one up you there. The minute, like you, it's everything. You you can just change your mindset in the next minute, and you don't have to dwell in whatever was sucking you down before.
1: Well, I want to throw. I want to throw one more. It's one, and this is here's the They thing. can't
0: let her have the last word. No, okay. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, please, please, no, I, please. I, we need I, it.
1: I, I, yeah, I said it a little bit earlier, but for me, um, one thing that I say a lot is that every moment of it, every minute of our lives is an opportunity to make a choice. Uh, and and those choices can rank, run the gambit. Um, but the reality is, if we remember that, then we also will remind ourselves that we are in control of only our choices. We can't control what anyone else is doing out there. We can't control what the weather's doing. We can't control what the government's doing. We can't control what our neighbors are doing, if they're wearing a mask or not. We can't control if somebody's protesting. None of it. All we can do is control our choices. And through our choices, that will then provide us with the
0: life that we want. Don't apologize to her. That was a great way to end this, Justin and Jenny. I've told you both before, and I'm going to tell you again and again and again, because of the decision you made to open Mantra, you have changed lives for the better. You've given people a safe place to explore and improve their mind, body, and spirit. I hope you both remember that when you go through these challenging days, when you wonder if it's all worth it. I promise you it is. Um, You can find more out about Mantra if you're in the Kansas City area by visiting their shop off 7 Highway in Blue Springs. You can also visit and shop on their website, MantraKC.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again soon.